Uh, I actually need a little help this morning. If uh, kids could come forward, so sixth grade and down, come on forward. I need you to sit up here. I need some help today. All the way up here in front, you can make a circle. Surround me with your loving presence. Come on up. If your parents get a little nervous without you, you can bring them. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, they're kind of, they're scared about the fryer over there. Everybody good? Come on in. Smash in a little bit here. Okay. All right. Good boy. What? It's so great to see you guys. I'm so glad that you're all here. Are you having fun so far? Yeah. All right. How many of you are going to VBS as far as you know? How many have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow? Yep, I'm with you there. Okay. <laughs> That's a sure sign of trust is when your kid's in the back of your car and they say, where are we going? Uh, which reminds me, I completely forgot. Oh, no. I need some help. Can anybody help me? Sierra, will you help me? You, you don't mind at all? Okay, what I need you to do is take my keys, just pop out to my car and drive to my house. And um, could you uh, uh, give food to my dog, water my plants, and balance my checkbook? Can you do that for me? You, you, you look kind of nervous. Do you feel nervous? I don't know how to drive. Oh, you don't know how to drive. Can you feed the dog? I can. Yeah. Can you, can you uh, water flowers? How do you feel about balancing a checkbook? Probably better than me. Okay. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. I'm actually just kidding. It made you a little nervous when I asked you to do something that you don't know how to do, right? Has anyone ever been asked to do something, maybe your parents or your teacher, and you thought to yourself, I don't know how to do that? Yes. Can you think of a time? Teacher asked you to do algebra. Yeah, that should be against the law. Anybody else? Did somebody ask you to do something you didn't know how to do it? You don't know. That's what makes it so hard. What about you? Um, I didn't know what my mom was saying, so I just said, what are you saying? <laughs> so your mom asked you to do something, but you didn't know what she was saying, so all you could say is, what are you saying? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Anybody else? Yes. You didn't know where your clothes were? Yeah, so it's hard to do whatever it is you're supposed to do with your clothes if you don't know where they are. Yeah, well, let me tell you a really great thing today about God. Are you ready for this? God will never ask you to do something that you can't do with his help. Isn't that good, Isn't that good news? See, Sierra was a little scared when I said drive my car. Because she doesn't know how to do that, but she's going on it. And she was maybe a little nervous that she wouldn't do it right. Maybe she just felt a little bit anxious. But God will never ask you to do something that you can't do with his help. And there's a verse in the Bible that I like. I remember this one from a long time ago. It's Psalm 29:11, And this is what it says in the Bible. Psalm 29:11. The Lord gives strength. Can you show me strength? The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Do you want to say it with me? I'll say it again, and then we'll do it all together. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. 
One more time. Ready? The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. So when God asks you to do something in the Bible or through your parents, you don't have to be afraid and you don't have to be nervous because if he asks you to do it, God will give you the strength and the peace to do it. Isn't that good news? Even if you don't know what your parents are saying or where your clothes are or how to drive a car, God will be with you. Okay? All right. Let's pray. God, thank you for uh, these children here this morning, for the families from which they come, the households, the neighborhoods. We bless them this morning. We bless them with the, uh, with the power and the presence of Jesus this morning. And Lord, would you anoint each one of them to go into the world and announce the peace and the power of God everywhere they go. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can go back to your parents. They're getting nervous. Did anyone want to do the checkbook thing for me? All right. That's a great bunch of kids. You guys still working it out? Got it all worked out? Who's eating at whose house? Okay. Well, good morning. Um, as you can see, we're uh, celebrating July by, uh, by uh, worshiping and everything together here at the church. And it's really a joy for us. We're, uh, we're a community that loves kids and loves families and really wants to uh, empower families to be all that God's called them to be. So um, it's a joy for us to be all together in worship. If your kids get a little uh, antsy, don't worry about it. We're glad that they're here. Um, I was a psychology major in college. Um, does anyone know what psychology is? I don't really either. <laughs> Still working it out a little bit. Um, if, if I tell you the honest truth, I became a psychology major like this. I started in business, and uh, about two years in, that really wasn't working out so well for me. A little thing called calculus got in my way. And so uh, one, uh, one night, a friend and I went down to the bottom of the, uh, my fraternity house, and we were looking through the catalog. I was a you know, second semester sophomore, and it was about time to decide what I was actually there studying. And um, so what we did is we, we went through um, all of the possible majors and we figured out from the classes we already had what was the easiest way we could possibly get out of this institution with a degree. And guess what? Psychology was it. So I uh, was a psych major. Okay, good. I'm probably excited about that. <clears throat> so uh, one of my uh, final psych tests in college, uh, I don't even remember what class it was, abnormal psych, something odd like that. We're sitting in there, um, everyone's nervous before the final, and uh, the professor comes in, professor hands out the, the exams, and there's one question on the exam, and, and it just, it's a piece of paper, and it says this, explain the world, and give three examples. It was a joke, but I felt at that point, like maybe they were asking me to do something that was beyond me, right? So the professor took him back, and we did the real thing, you know? You're supposed to be laughing hysterically. And that didn't work very well. Here's the point. God won't do that. God will not ask us to do something that we're incapable of without his help. Because with the call of God comes the provision of God every time. I want to read uh, from Luke chapter 10 this morning. These are the instructions of Jesus to his friends to some of his disciples, and uh, even these 2,000 years later, these are the instructions of Jesus to us because we are his friends. We are his disciples. We are his sent ones. So if you'll stand, I want to read the scripture this morning from Luke chapter 10. 
starting in verse 1. And after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, it's the command of Jesus, go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you for the Lord, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Let's pray. <clears throat> God, we ask that the same Holy Spirit that inspired uh, both the events and the recording of this story this morning would be here and inspire us and illuminate this text that we would know our call as the sent ones of Jesus. Lord, would you impart to us this morning faith and courage and confidence to walk out the commands of Christ. As we pray in his name, amen. You can be seated. So a couple of things I want to point out this morning from this text. If you've been here for the last couple of weeks or months, you know I'm sort of on a theme, and the theme is sent. Um, Jesus has sent us as his people into the world. We bear the presence of God. If Jesus is within you, then the presence of God is within you. And everywhere you go, God goes. And I just get fascinated and excited by that reality because it means that Jesus is all over the city of Indianapolis. So if you look at the beginning of this passage, <clears throat> the scripture tells us, Luke tells us, that Jesus sent the 72 into all the towns and the villages that he himself was going to go. That might be a little, very important uh, fact that you skip over. Jesus sent the disciples to the places that he was about to go to. And so you think, okay, what's the big deal? Jesus was, you know, it's like a marketing campaign, right? No, I don't think it was a marketing campaign. I think it was a promise. Jesus sent the people that he'd given authority to, to proclaim peace, to demonstrate the power of God, to announce the kingdom of God, because the promise was Jesus was coming. And I say that because uh, you might wonder if in your workplace or your neighborhood or your school or your backyard or your kitchen or wherever you hang out these days, you may wonder if Jesus is ever going to show up there. And we talk a lot about the presence of God in this church. And I think some of us probably are just wondering, or maybe you're just in that season, Jesus, will you ever show up? And I can guarantee that Jesus is going to show up where you live and where you work and where you hang out. And I can say that because he sent you there. Jesus sends his people to the places that he wants to visit. So Jesus wants to visit your places because he wants to do it in you. Now, how does that feel this morning? Let's just have a little interaction. How does that feel? Somebody give me something negative. You don't believe it. You don't believe that God has sent you to the place or that Jesus himself will come. Which one? 
Okay, so you question whether Jesus really is going to hang out where you are. Thank you for your honesty. I'm going to convince you in 18 minutes, and it's going to be brilliant. Anybody else? I can take more negative. That one wasn't so bad. It feels heavy. Why is that? I don't know. It feels like a lot of pressure. Right. To be like, hey, what's up? I'm the announcer for the king of the Right, so it's all on you. Yeah. Yeah, that feels heavy. Right. Anybody else? We can use the positive one now. What's that? You feel relieved. Why do you feel relieved? He's going to show up. Okay. Do you know, I imagine that the 72 who were sent all had these types of feelings. I bet some thought, you know, I'm really not sure if this whole healing thing is going to work. I don't know if Jesus is going to show up there. I bet some of them felt like, oh my gosh, last chapter, if, you know, chapter 9, the 12 went out. And they came back telling stories of salvation and healings and demons flying. You know, man, I don't know if we can pull that one off. And my guess is that some of them had the childlike faith to say, you know what, this is going to be cool. I don't know how it's going to work, but this is going to be cool. When Jesus commands the people to go, he gives a few more instructions. Very specifically, he says, uh, can you go back? When you, uh, go back again. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. Why do you think Jesus would say to these people who are going to announce his power and presence and peace all over the place, why would he say don't bring anything? No No possessions, what do you mean? You don't want to be distracted or... Right, so basically going after it. Don't be, don't be distracted by other stuff. Why else? I think that's great, yeah. God, I think Jesus was saying he wanted them to be completely dependent upon him, not their purses, their bags, their sandals, or their iPads. Why else? That's good, that's, that's good. He's a preacher there. <clears throat> Where God guides, he provides. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah. So in other words, he was saying, there's focus here. I've given you a job. I've told you where to go. I'm going to show up there and you better get to it. Right. I think there might be one more reason that Jesus says, don't take any stuff. I think what he might be trying to indicate to the, to the people he's sending is, you know what? You have me and you have all you need. That's it. You, you don't have to worry. Jesus didn't say, I want a five year strategic plan for how you're going to reach these villages. Jesus just said, Go. A chapter before, he'd given people authority to heal. They'd watched him do it. He was speaking. You know, there was, there, was, there was lots of faith, and he just said, go. And he's got basically three things that he tells them to do. Number one, he says, when you get to these places, announce God's peace. Proclaim God's peace. So he says, you're looking for that person of peace. And when you go as a sent one of Jesus, first and foremost, he doesn't say preach the gospel. He he doesn't say organize the people. He doesn't say do a marketing campaign. He just says proclaim peace. In other words, I think he's saying, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be near and peace is where I am. It's the knowledge of the presence of God. They'd been with Jesus. They'd experienced what it's like to be with, 
with Jesus, the Messiah. They couldn't figure out all the theology, but they'd seen him work. They'd seen him act. They'd heard him speak. They knew what it was like to be in the presence of God. And so Jesus sends them and say, just announce peace. Announce that everything is good because God is near. Do I have any eight-year-olds here? Any eight-year-olds? Anybody eight years old? One? Okay. Two? (laughs) Anybody feel like an eight-year-old sometimes? There's a lot more. Okay. When I was eight years old, we were just about to move from a, a city in Ohio to a city in Pennsylvania. And at eight years old, I was really scared about that. I didn't know what it would be like. I got really nervous. And so um, when I was eight, at nighttime, when I found out we were going to move, I started to wake up in the night and be very afraid. You know, sometimes you wake up in the night. I mean, as an eight-year-old, I did this. I would just wake up, and it was all dark, and I just got afraid. What's going to happen? I feel so alone. And so what I would do is I would sneak out of my room and sneak around the corner and sneak into my parents' room and give my dad one of these, wham! And my mom one of these, wham! And put myself right in the middle between them. And then I felt at peace. They didn't feel so good. But I felt at peace. And you know why I felt at peace? Because I knew that someone more powerful was present. I knew that there was someone close by who could handle all my fears, take care of all my concerns. Somehow I looked at my parents and I thought, they've got it all figured out. And if I'm with them, I don't have to worry. And I think that's the declaration of peace. And I just want to remind us this morning that as the sent ones of Jesus, we get to proclaim peace to the world. Praise God, it's not our own peace. We're not announcing Chad's peace to the world. We're not announcing my peace to the world. We're announcing the the prince of peace to the world. We're saying God is present. Do you know there are people out there that don't realize there is a God? They don't know it. They don't understand. They look around and they think it all just happened somehow. And we get to announce everywhere we go the peace that God is present. God is here. God is knowable. We are proclaimers of peace. And it's the first thing that Jesus asked his disciples to do. Just go and proclaim peace. Let them know I'm here. Are there people that live around you that desperately need to know that God is present? Do you need to know that this morning? Maybe in your family, you just have got to know that God is present. You know, you can proclaim peace to yourself. You're allowed to do that. You can look in the mirror and say peace to you. God is present. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we're in the presence of God. So number one, Jesus tells his sent ones, his disciples, tells you and me, wherever you go, the places I'm going to visit because you're there, proclaim peace. And secondly, he says, when you go, demonstrate my power. Demonstrate God's power. Here's the exact phrase. All he says, this is the entire instruction about demonstrating power from Jesus in Luke chapter 10. Heal the sick people who are there. Done. Can't you imagine one of the 72 going, "Um, yeah, I got the peace and the kingdom. That's all good. No bags, no tunic, no iPad. Um, It's about that healing thing. Like, how was that supposed to go down? Right? And they had just watched Jesus announce healing. They'd watched Jesus say, be healed, rise up, take your mat, see. He just proclaimed it. 
And Jesus doesn't give any other destructions. (laughs) Scratch that one. Jesus doesn't give any other instructions. He's just basically saying, demonstrate my power. Heal the sick people who are there. I want to submit to you this morning that we make healing way too complicated. I mean, I think it's good we train about a prayer model and we go through the theology of it and all of that. But all Jesus did for the disciples is just said, okay, I've given you authority, go heal the sick. What do you think they did? I think they just did what Jesus did, you know? I think they just walked up to people and said, "Uh, be healed. Or maybe one of them said, you know, he spit in the ground one time, you know? (laughs) Slap it on their eyes. We don't know. Jesus never healed the same way twice, right? But this is bold, radical faith. We're the sent ones. And we have the authority to heal. Now, we know that the kingdom of God is here because Jesus came. And we also know that the kingdom of God is not here fully because he's coming again. And we live in between the times. But as we live in between these times, I'm going to encourage and exhort you this morning. Heal the sick. Kids, you don't have to be an adult to heal the sick. In fact, you guys might have more faith than many of us. You have a friend who gets sick. You put your hand on them and say, Jesus Heal them, please. And see what God will do. You know, after the first service, a guy came that's had pain in his Achilles tendon for 10 years. 10 years he's had pain. I don't know the whole story, though. I, I, I hear it's already fo- posted on Facebook. Um, but basically, he came up. David and a few others prayed for him. His pain went from 10 on a scale of 10 down to 2. He put on his running shoes and went for a jog. I bet it was a really complicated prayer, right? Yeah, I mean, it must have taken, what, seconds to demonstrate the power of God. Jesus just said, heal the sick. Are there sick people around you? As Dave Knoll said a couple of weeks ago when he was here, maybe what Jesus means is, yes, heal the sick, but also heal what is sick around you. If you've got a business around you that's sick, heal it. Have you got a, a society around you that's unjust? Maybe it's time for us to bring our healing to that. To just proclaim the name of Jesus in the city of Indianapolis that what is not well would be made well. We're sent ones. We get to proclaim the peace that is the presence of God and we get to demonstrate the power of God. Evidence that God is in our midst. My guess is that there are people here this morning that need to be touched by God physically. They need to be healed And I can't guarantee anything, but I'm going to step out in faith and say, if you come up after the service or you turn and someone will pray for you, God will move. God will act. God will speak. God will demonstrate his power in your life. He longs for that. Um, I was never much of a basketball player. Still, I'm not much of a basketball player. My tremendous height didn't help a lot. But I can remember, my dad was. My dad's six feet four. My dad played uh, basketball in college, so he knew what he was doing. Mean, six feet four is not that tall. But in 1960, it was, okay? Maybe it wasn't. Just quit looking at me. <laughs> I'm trying to go somewhere. <laughs> I can remember playing basketball with my dad. I wasn't very good. And I can just remember him saying, you know, he's right behind me. I've got the ball. I'm looking like two miles up at the hoop. And he says, shoot it. You'll make it. I'm thinking there's no possible way 
shoot it, you'll make it. I'm, you know, no, I can't, won't, you know. You almost feel embarrassed. I know I won't make it. I can remember my, day, my dad saying, shoot it, you'll make it. And I can feel his hands around me, right? So just a little bit of faith comes into me and I put my arms up. And as I put my arms up, my body lifts off the ground. <laughs> Slam dunk, right? That's how we demonstrate God's power. That's how we demonstrate God's power. It's not our power that brings the healing. But when we lift up our hands, when Jesus says, go for it, and we lift up our hands, it's that little faith that I think activates the hands of God beneath us. And he brings us up. And I think we'll see slam dunks. I think we'll see power. But we will have to initiate in faith. So he tells us to proclaim peace. He tells us to demonstrate power. And he tells us to announce the kingdom of God. Right? So after Jesus says, you know, proclaim the peace, demonstrate the power, heal the sick. And then he just says this. After they've received the peace of God, and they've seen the demonstrated power of God announce the kingdom. Because you know what? People are going to be asking, what's going on here? God has shown up. I feel at peace. God is moving. He's touching me. Something's happening. And you know what you say? Here's the temptation. Well, I really got it all together. No. You say, you know what? The kingdom of God, of God is near. And that's our announcement to the city of Indianapolis peace, power, and the presence of the kingdom of God. He's here. It's happening. The kingdom is right now. You know what the kingdom of God is? The kingdom of God is any place where Jesus is the boss. I I remember when my kids were small, and there's one of them back there. He's not small anymore. When my kids were smaller, sometimes we'd hear the squabbles in the back seat. Sorry to make you look bad. We'd hear the squabbles in the back seat. Do this. No, do that. No, do You know, over and over. And then finally, someone would speak up and say, you are not the boss of me. <laughs> Any parents ever hear that one? You are not the boss of me. Any parents try to use that one with kids? Hey, you are not the boss of me. <laughs> the kingdom of God is just the place where Jesus is the boss. Where Jesus actually gets to say, here's what I want you to do. Where Jesus actually gets to bring peace where Jesus actually is invited to demonstrate his power. That's the kingdom of God. And Jesus says in another passage in the New Testament that the kingdom of God is not only near you, but the kingdom of God is in you. So that's what we do as the sent people of God. We proclaim peace. We demonstrate power. All because God will never ask us to do something that we can't do without him. And then when it happens, when the peace comes, when the power is demonstrated, when the breakthrough comes, we get to say, that's the kingdom of God. God has come near to you. You know, there are many people that we interact with every day that need to be touched by the kingdom of God. They need to see the kingdom of God demonstrated. They need peace and power before they can even understand what it means to know Jesus. There might be some here this morning that don't know what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, I would ask you to come forward after communion today and just ask for someone to pray for the peace of God or the power of God or the presence of the kingdom in your life. Let's pray. Um, uh, We won't have communion service today, so the band can come up.